Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Two words to me in three years of Bret Hart Welcome back to Hanksy Panksy, a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends fill themselves mind, body, and soul with a couple deeply Catholic hours of a bookcase rocking, <laughs> angel watching Tom Hanks. I'm Sam Siegel, and I'm one of those dumb idiots. And I'm your favorite investigator slash LHC physicist, uh, Luke Patrick. I am the other idiot. What's up, Sam? Hey, Luke. This week we uh, we watched 2009's Angels and Demons. Mm. Hmm, and my dude, I am so fucking excited to talk to you about oh, this batshit yes. movie. Holy yes. shit. So, Luke, let's let's get right into it. How was your watch? Okay, so I've been on a real journey with this one because mm-hmm. last night, I watched this last night, um, mostly because I was researching it on Netflix just to see what the runtime was, and then it started autoplaying, and I think, given our bylaws, I am required to watch it at that point. I think so, so yeah. Yeah, so I made the right call there. Um, But it kicked off, and honestly, I retained, I want to say, like, I thought 70% of this. Like, I I watched it. I know I sat there for the entire two hours and 18 minutes. Um, And then afterward was like, what the fuck was that? Um, Uh But then I woke up this morning with a serious bug in my brain because, my dude, I remember every glistening detail of this flick And I am so excited to talk to you about portions of it. Um, So I don't know what changed. Maybe just some rest and some relaxation. Uh, Now that is fascinating, especially as as I know, Luke, you you have a pretty, uh, I would say, self-described atrocious memory. Oh, yeah. Typically it's horrible, but I I feel like I've emerged from the Vatican's vaults myself, uh, Galileo manuscript in hand, and I am just raring to go to talk to you. About fuck yes, yeah, about the insane things that happen in this flick and why <laughs> it's still not a good movie. But after some reflection and some time away from it, um, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, there's some stuff to talk about with this. Oh, one. yeah, you know, to get you know, sort of my, my classic Sam skewed take on this film to try to get into it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what better way to immerse myself in this world of like. You know, particularly with this movie of this theme of, like, growing up Mm -hmm. and, like, sort of your treasured childhood possessions and stuff. 
And so I did dig out a bunch of my childhood stuffed animals from the closet, mm. and I watched the movie with them. Thus reanimating them for another couple of decades uh, because yes. you've interacted with them as per our yeah. current understanding of the Toyverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it, it is it is a waking nightmare for them, I imagine. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's quite a quite a way to watch this movie. Sam, did it bring anything to the watch? Well, I to be perfectly honest, I don't know. Uh, mm. I'll say there is a specific weirdness that you experience as a nearly thirty-year-old man waking up and carrying a bunch of your childhood <laughs> stuffed animals through the house uh, to the living room so that you can eat cereal. And watch a movie. Yeah, watch um, a kid's movie specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that one was weird. And and I was like cuddled up with them. I had mm. them all around me. Uh, I, to eat the cereal, I had to put my arm around uh, one of my oldest ones. So that felt, that felt a little strange. Um, there was a point early on in the movie where uh, young Andy is watching a movie surrounded by his toys and that that hit a little strange <laughs> a little close to home to your exact situation as uh, as you yes. stated as a nearly 30 year old man yeah I did I did freeze uh, cereal in hand <laughs> just staring at that sort of mouth agape for a second um, uh, uh, otherwise it frankly didn't bring a whole lot to the party Mm. Um, mostly because it was kind of easy to forget that I was surrounded by stuffed animals until my wife walked into the room uh, and saw it and she (laughs) she knew I was doing this but I think there's a big difference between knowing I'm doing it and then seeing your nearly 30 year old husband surrounded by by stuffed animals watching Toy Story 3 that I think was challenging for her yeah, I would expect the divorce papers to show up pretty soon if I were you. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think that uh, that'd do it for sure. And who could blame her mm-hmm. at this point? Um, uh, otherwise, I got I got a little verklempt, uh towards towards the end of the film, but otherwise, eh. Yeah. 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 I want to talk about this more here in a second, um, but my my second watch of Toy Story three elicited a very different emotional reaction in me, uh, okay, than than my first watch of Toy Story three, and I think I know why. But I want to dig into that maybe here in a bit uh, when we kind of okay. dig into the review of this film. Fuck yeah! Uh, otherwise, uh, how is your watch? Man, my watch was pretty breezy. So in comparison, uh, I do want to talk about this Tom thing. But first, you know, my watch, it was fine. I booted it up after work. It's an hour and 48 minutes, which is a tad too long if you're going to do a Toy Story. But uh, Mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, had some nice Indian food, sat on the couch, could not get anybody in my house to watch this movie with me. (laughs) Even so much as a passing glance at it, uh, which is not usually how it goes. Sort of, uh, you know, our living room is the middle concourse of our home usually someone will sort of pass through and at least glance at the departure gate listings so to speak um but not this time nothing tough crowd yeah (laughs) tough crowd on this one um so i watched it by myself and took furious notes in a tiny notebook Mm -hmm. uh you know like you said again as an almost 30 year old man still a strange sight to see me sort mm-hmm. of feverishly taking notes to Toy Story yeah. 3. 
Not uh, not a healthy one. No, it does make you question a lot of things, which Sam brings me right back around to Tom Hanks because I want to talk about the Tom Hanks fatigue that you and I yeah. are experiencing. Let's get into it. <laughs> so you punted. I did not punt on watching this film on Friday night, but boy, howdy, did I feel like it. Oh, yeah. I was angry. Mm. Uh, Luke, I won't even lie to you. I was angry about having to watch it. It put a damper on my whole fucking day. Because I spent the whole day thinking, man, I got to come home from work, figure out dinner, and then watch Tom fucking Hanks again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, have you also had the realization that every week since July, <laughs> we have spent at least an hour with Tom? We've spent at least, I think on average, we've spent an hour and 45 minutes with Tom. Every At week. Least. I think the last time I tabulated and it's now changed, uh, let me do some quick math. It would be almost 64 hours that we've spent with Tom oh, Hanks. God. <laughs> Luke, I, I don't even know if I like Tom anymore. Yeah, I think it's it's really, here's the problem. And I think it's that you're not supposed to watch every single movie that somebody's been in. In no. perpetuity, in chronological no, order. I don't think so. <laughs> Strange how they don't, uh, more people don't do that. Uh, yeah. And we are living proof that this is why. Yeah, because I, I think it's it's completely turned the corner from Tom Hanks was an exciting thing that we were digging into. Then it became sort of like Tom Hanks was the furniture in my home. And now uh-huh. it's sort of like Tom Hanks is the looming specter in my closet that I have to pull out once a week. For this project. See, I think I think of Tom Hanks like this guy who comes into my house once a week and clogs my toilet and then leaves. <laughs> like, that's how it feels. Like, I really don't look forward to it. I know what he's going to give me every time <laughs> is going to stink and it's going to give me a lot of extra work. Yeah. Uh, and it's just more than I want to put in on a Friday night. Uh, and... And he won't interact with me at all. Yeah. I think that's the other thing. If Tom if Tom were here, if I could talk to Tom while I watched his movies, maybe I'd have a better sort of experience. But since he just walks into my home unannounced, shits in my toilet, <laughs> fucking clogs it and leaves, and, like, now I have to clean up the mess. Yeah, and, every week. And he doesn't even so much as be like, hey, thanks, thanks for the good dump. He just... Just leaves. Yeah, leaving you with quite a mess on your hands to to take mm-hmm. care of via a recording. Yeah, man, yes. it's become kind of a bummer. So I'm curious to see if this turns around on us at some point and we once God, again become, I hope so. yeah, become excited about Tom Hanks. Or maybe this is just uh, the work that we're putting in until we mm-hmm. hit a second season and can jump to a different actor. So I yes. don't know. Do you ever get supremely bummed out that we have, like, 20 more movies to watch hey man there's two ways to look at this so you can be bummed out about it or you can be like we are way more than halfway through this man's filmography so sure yeah um and then one more question mm-hmm. uh do you also sometimes wonder why anyone likes tom hanks <laughs> yes yes because okay. I feel like we're so immersed in Tom Hanks and his work 
that it is difficult mm-hmm. to see the surface. Like we are so far under the water. Yes. It is so hard to figure out what the appeal is at this point because it's become this hamster wheel. Uh, much like you said, the man takes a dump in my toilet every week and really make, makes a huge mess out of it. So from where I'm sitting, yeah. hard to see the appeal. Yeah, we're in the Marianas Trench of mm-hmm. uh, of Tom Hanks, and uh, light doesn't reach down here, and there are weird, creepy fish all over the place. Yep. And it's so bad. Yep. So, Luke, we're not going to do it. Excuse me. Uh, we're not going to tweet at Tom this week uh, because, Luke... We got our first email. Ooh, fuck yeah, dude. Man, I'm so, excited uh, for this. It is uh, to avoid copyright infringement on Blue's Clues, m- mail hour. <laughs> it's mail hour. Here's the digital mail. It never... Uh, here it is. Uh, so, here it is. I'm running an episode behind in my listing, but I just finished your episode of Charlie Wilson's War and needed to inform you of Luke's most egregious mistake. Luke mistakenly asserted that TCBY no longer exists and any coupons from them would be null and void because they all closed down. However, there are many still open and even one just a few blocks from my house. They are arguably superior to Baskin Robbins, despite BR's ridiculously fun flavor names. It takes two to mango, baseball nut, absolute <laughs> bangers of names. But if you want some frozen yogurt, because he did spell it with an H, mm. uh, instead of ice cream, TCBY should be your go-to. I hope this kerfuffle was remedied in the next episode, but if not, I urge you to publicly retract your harmful and incorrect <laughs> assertion as soon as possible. Tuck. You know what? I stand by it. I haven't seen a TCBY in so long, and as far as I'm aware, there are none in Colorado, and I'm not going to Google it, so <laughs> fuck right off. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, Tuck, I'm so sorry. Luke is digging his heels in, and he refuses to apologize for for this uh, wrong, uh, mean-spirited statement that he has made in yeah. a podcast that, to be perfectly honest, Luke... I don't remember you ever saying it. Yeah, I remember saying it. <laughs> I remember <laughs> distinctly. So I'll say this. I will concede the fact that TCBY exists somewhere and is still available for you to purchase some frozen yogurt at. Uh, but I can't see it. And what I can't see doesn't exist to me, Sam. I have no object permanence. You know, that's valid. Uh, how about a plot? <laughs> <laughs> so this week, again, I'd like to sort of have the plot be a conversation. Uh, okay. Yeah. So to dig in, we begin the movie with Andy going to college, which is kind of yes. wild. Uh, yeah. Because I don't know. I guess he seems like college age. I don't know. Sure. He's like I, 17, I think. Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah. So, anywho, he's trucking off to college. The toys are in a bit of a quandary because uh, his mom wants him to clean out his room, which fucking good for her. That he's yeah. moving out and she's like, get your shit out of here. I need to have yeah. an arts and crafts room. Precisely. She's like, look, you're going to get your shit out of here so mama can get her masturbatorium back. <laughs> mama needs some private space. <laughs> um, I'm going to fill this place with my own toys. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Anywho, so they're, they're all cleaning out. The, the toys are mistakenly donated to a place called Sunnyside. Actually, Luke, I'm so sorry. 
I'm so sorry to get this pedantic, mm-hmm. but the toys were accidentally thrown away. Right. And they escaped from the thick plastic of the trash bag uh, and ran away, and they jumped into the Sunnyside Daycare donation box. Sure, which is fair, but I was trying to move forward quickly. Oh, okay, we got... I'm sorry. I'll, <laughs> I'll tone down on my plot specificity. See, Luke, this is why I don't do the plot. Yeah, well, I want your input. I do, I promise. Um, <laughs> so, you know, however they got there, the toys are donated to a daycare <laughs> called Sunnyside. Where we're essentially introduced to the toy mafia. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, uh, the toy mafia. Yeah. Uh, run uh, by a gigantic bear named Lotso. Yes, uh, Lots, Lotso hugs? Lots of hugging. That is full. Lots of hugging. Lots I'm of so hugging sorry. bear. Um, uh, and Ken is sort of his capo? <laughs> yes yes the ken doll is totally the capo a hundred percent um anyway they they are relegated to the shit-tastic room full of toddlers they discover that sunnyside is maybe not such a great place and before mm-hmm. this uh woody has escaped to try to return to andy uh and then is yes. picked up by the daycare owner's child it's unclear but one of the staff yeah, members that- that seems like it, yeah. Yeah, so he gets to go home with this nice little girl who seems like she's just an A-plus kid. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, totally great little little kiddo. Anyway, so he meets some new toys, and then meanwhile, back in the gulag, uh, shit is not going great for the other toys because toddlers suck, and so they oh, discover yeah. that essentially this is a class system where there are certain rooms, and if you're in one of the shit rooms with the toddlers, you're going to have a bad time versus the top of the mafia that get played with by the older kids life is great um eventually woody discovers the the secret and decides to return to sunnyside they plan a big heist essentially to get everybody out it goes a bit sideways and they plus Lotso end up at the dump where some more stuff happens and eventually they escape the dump Thanks to a Deus Ex Machina style, or sorry, not Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Sure. Um, crane job, basically, because the aliens use a gigantic magnetic crane to pull mm-hmm. them out of the garbage heap before they are incinerated. And then uh, they make it back to the house, and it, Andy donates them to that same said nice little girl that uh, is the kiddo of the daycare worker. Yeah. And and they play together for a while, and then Andy goes off to college. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the plot. I mean, we're skipping a lot, but uh, you know, them's the details. There's some new toys. There's some some interesting little moments. There's some quippy one-liners from the slotted pig. Again. Sure. Uh, but that's pretty much the whole the whole thing. And uh, you know, Andy, can I just say this right off the bat as part of the review? Uh. Dude's great with kids. He is really good with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposed to be heading to college and decides, you know what? I'm just going to play with this little girl for a whole afternoon. Mm-hmm. And he's fucking great at it. So yeah, that's pretty heartwarming. Did enjoy that. Yeah, that was solid. Yeah. Um, But let's, let's dig into your review. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> 
I hadn't thought too critically about this film until you just asked that question. Um, it's fine. It's a good movie. It's a solid ass movie full of good action. Um, yeah. Some nice heart tugging moments. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's a good film. I got some quibbles. I got some things I want to talk about, but that's kind of where I'm coming from. Sam, how are you hitting it this week? It's okay. Yeah. Uh, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, and I at this point I legitimately wonder if I like any of the if if it's because I'm so tired of Tom or if it's that the movies just don't do it for me so much. But it's fine. I like. I really <laughs> think Toy Story One is a lot better. Yeah. And tells a more interesting, tighter story. Yeah. Um, and that uh they really never needed to do a sequel. Yeah. I'm kind of with you, and I will say that the big emotional hits in this movie did not hit me the same as they did the first time, because I remember getting teary-eyed sort oh, yeah. of the first time that I watched this movie, and Sam, it did not happen again, and I have a theory about that. Oh, hit me with it. Okay, so my theory is 2020. It happened, mm. and now I'm too numb to give a shit <laughs> about the story. <laughs> You know, I think there's something to that. Yeah. Uh, that that we've seen so much awful shit uh, that one boy's, like, sadness over giving away a doll mm-hmm. just doesn't feel like much. Yeah, I just can't connect as much to the, the notion of, ah, oh, man, he's growing up and he has to get rid of all his childhood toys as a metaphor for growing up. I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Something happened to me, and it's put me in a darker place, and I don't know how to feel about it. I, I also think that um, when this movie came out, uh, it, I watched it in theaters with my now wife mm-hmm. the summer before I started college. Mm. Um, and so I was very much in a similar spot, uh, it, just just in terms of like, my my life as as Andy was yes and I had a lot of um anxiety about starting college because I uh, don't like change Luke yep uh so I remember the movie hitting me harder then but now that I'm an adult and surrounded by stuffed animals <laughs> um and work a nine to five job it just it feels pretty small ball, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. The stakes are so low. Like, Andy's about to rip off and go do bong hits and give hand jobs. Like, his life is going to be so different. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's hard for me to get into that same headspace anymore. So maybe that says something yeah. about us. But, uh, yeah, it just didn't it didn't quite connect at the same level. And then outside of that, the rest of it, like you said, was fine. It was fine. Yeah. It's a fine movie. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I just, I just, I don't know, man. I, I couldn't, and and again, I think this is maybe more just on what we're doing, but I couldn't stop like thinking about like the the questions I had about what was going on, mm. um, and like, cause there's a lot happening here. And I think a lot of it sort of, uh, you know, says a lot about the universe. But but there, Luke, a lot of the shit in this movie is really creepy. 
<laughs> yeah, I have a statement that may may coincide with that, but I want to hear more. So talk to me more about the creepiness. Uh there's Big Baby. I hate Big Baby. That's what I was going to say. I hate Big Baby so much. Oh god, I hate Big Baby. So for those at home, Big Baby is a baby doll that is monstrous and yeah, has and a has fucking like, droopy eye and and like bruises and dirt on it like permanently. Mhm. Uh, and like, is voiced by what sounds like an actual baby. Mm-hmm. Which plenty of questions there for the toy verse, but let's save oh, those. Oh God, it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Gotta hate big baby. And then monkey symbol monkey. <laughs> you mean I hate tweaked out meth monkey. Yeah, I hate that fucking monkey. Yeah, I love the detail in the eyes on this monkey that watches oh, the security see, camera. That is specifically what really <laughs> got under my skin. They're just so is, focused and red-rimmed, like this monkey is on yeah. so much speed and only watches security cameras. And the and the noise it makes mm-hmm. um, is just so shrill and wretched and the eyes bug out and it's like a genuinely like creepy face when it like sounds the alarm mm-hmm. uh which i mean i could try to mimic that for you if you want but i think it would be just atrocious audio i mean i think if you can do it without the clapping then i'm all for it and i think our listeners would love to hear what that sounds like Okay, well, you tell me if this is accurate. I am going to turn around so I don't do it straight into the mic, but... (laughs) That's really good. Thank you. Yeah, that was pitch perfect to what this fucking monkey sounds like. Yeah, and imagine that with that sound that they do like five times, Mm -hmm. uh, like that batch of sounds five times, with cymbals clashing and like this fucking monkey's like eyes bugging out like towards the screen it's unfucking settling mm-hmm. yeah kids movie in a kids yeah. movie um, yeah yeah there were some parts i enjoyed about this movie uh i guess to give you a bit of a uh, a highlight i did actually enjoy yeah. ken in this movie ken was pretty good yeah I loved that Ken has all of these vintage Ken dolls sort of, I guess mm-hmm. from the donations, like as donations come in, he has like I a guess. full wardrobe and that really cracked me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, very solid. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, what else, what else did I like? Um, a lot of comments about how I really hate the monkey. Uh, <laughs> You're struggling. I can I can check out another one for you. <laughs> Please. So I think Please. I have a, a minor conspiracy theory, but it's related to a thing I liked, which is uh, okay. I really dug Spanish language mode Buzz. Uh, okay. That cracked yeah, me I've, up. I thought he was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I just dug I, the whole vibe. Yeah. Now I won't lie. I did I did wonder if it was a little racist. Yeah. But, uh, it, I mean, as far as a bit, it worked pretty well. Mm-hmm. Now, here's my thinking. I'm kind of wondering if they did it so that they didn't have to have Tim Allen quite so much for this flick. Oh, man. You gotta wonder. If, 
if that's why they did it, I fully support them because mm-hmm. fuck, I hate Tim Allen. Yeah, like maybe they saw a way out through this bit where Buzz gets flipped into Spanish language mode for like mm-hmm. a quarter of the film, something like that. And uh, saw that as a nice little excuse to sort of slide on out of Tim Allen Alley. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe maybe Tim Allen was caught with another two pounds of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Let's, you know what? Let's, uh, let's just get a, a, a Spanish-speaking person to voice Buzz for a little bit." Yeah, for a little while. For a little while. Well, what else you got? Surely you've got some other thoughts about this movie. Um, I mean, I mostly what I had were questions. Mm. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Okay. Like, what's wrong with Andy's dog? Andy's dog is old, dude. The no, dog is so old. I, okay, he's old, but he also looks like he's melting. Yeah, he's one of those weird, like, basset houndy dogs, isn't he? I think. But, like, do those dogs, when they get old, start dragging the front part of their body around on the floor? Like some sort of <laughs> gross mop? You know, I can't answer to that. It is it is a a melting dog, that's for sure. I'm not yeah. not arguing that part 100%. Um Oh, okay. Okay. I here's actually a thing that I did enjoy. It was a small touch and I think it worked. Um the trash guy at the beginning of the movie and towards the end of the movie. Mhm. Uh who's like rocking out and shit? Yeah. That's Sid. Holy shit, are you serious? Yeah. Fuck me, dude. Sid's life looks great. Mm-hmm. He's having a good time. He's We're having a great time. A, making a good wage working for the city. Mm-hmm. I, I gotta tell you, I bet he's a member of a union. Oh, for sure he's a member of a union. Getting them bennies, too? Hell yeah. Meanwhile, here's fucking uh, Andy, mm-hmm. who uh, has some socks laying around his room. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and which I they had that sock at the beginning, and all I could think, Luke, was, is that is that sock crunchy? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Andy, Mister Art School over here, who's about to go yeah. off to study painting or something. Mm-hmm. Luke, he had so many posters up on the wall, and I, like you know, he's just been painting the fucking walls in there, um, <laughs> and just sticking up posters with it. Uh, it just, like, I did like that Slinky Dog looks like he smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> Slinky Dog, yes, looks like the biggest stoner, for sure. Yeah. Slinky Dog's got a great fucking vibe. Um, it, but the other thing is, like, th- there's that caterpillar room scene where they're with the toddlers and they're being played with for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, they're being bashed all over the place. They're being licked. They're being painted. They're being just utterly tormented, right? Mm-hmm. And Luke, do you think that's what an orgy is like for a sex toy? <laughs> um, yes. Yes, I do, now that you mention it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you're just being tossed all over the place. You're being battered. You're being misused. Uh, you find yourself yes. in new situations you didn't expect. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I you know I think I think it would have been interesting mm-hmm. um, to to see that instead. 
especially seeing as how, you know, you had posited that Toy Story 3 was going to be a, a docu-series about sex toys. Yeah, which I'm sad to say it was not. At no point did we sort of dive into that realm, which uh, I yeah. did expect having seen this movie before. But yeah. uh, you're still disappointed by it. A little bit. Um, And then, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Kenna pointed out that in Toy Story 2... Andy's mom said that Woody was essentially like a family heirloom. Mm-hmm. And so it was puzzling to her that Andy just, like, gave him away? Yeah, well, I actually thought about that. Given the fact that Toy Story 2, a big plot point is that Woody is apparently worth fucking bank. To yeah. just, like, give this thing away to a, to a small child is mm-hmm. pretty big of Andy. That or pretty dumb. One of the two. Well, I see, I guess what I think is, like, if... Woody's been in the family for a long time. Why not hang on to Woody and mm-hmm. then give him to your child? Yeah. If you intend to have children. Well, he basically wanted to. I mean, he pulls Woody out of the box and has this moment where he's like, ah, shit. Because now the child yeah. has seen the cowboy and has identified mm-hmm. with the cowboy. Now I have to give the child the cowboy because of yeah, the social did- contract. She did reach towards him and he kind of yanked, mm-hmm. yanked Woody away for a second. And he was like, fuck. You could see it going through his brain. He was like, god damn it. Yeah. Now now I I have to. Yeah, I either have to make this child cry right now. or (laughs) In front of her parents. Yeah, with a big box of toys. Look like the weirdest Santa in the world. Like, I dropped (laughs) off 50 toys, but I'm going to keep 25 of them. Um, Yeah, quite a moment. And you do feel for the guy, because I'm sure in 20 years he's going to be like, god damn it. Should have kept that fucking yeah. Woody doll. God. Uh, I mean, can you imagine how much blow Andy would have been able to purchase if he sold uh, Woody? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, while well, he's well, he's rocking it out at uh, whatever college at Bennington or wherever he ends uh-huh. up going. Yeah, oh, 100%. Not saying that yeah. Bennington is a particular coke did, just sort of grabbed a college out of my ass there. So, yeah, sorry, sure. sorry yeah. Bennington. No, fuck Bennington. They know. <laughs> uh... I, I did find myself kind of wishing that Andy had taken Woody to college because I think the sequel where uh, Woody is in college and is watching Andy like crush pills in his dorm room mm-hmm. and like sell the two pounds of coke that Buzz left and like <laughs> and like fuck until he comes dust and like Woody just watching all of this with those like wide unblinking eyes yes. I think would have been so fucking choice yes i thought about this same exact thing holy shit that would have been a crazy movie because then <laughs> so good he gets to reunite with the other toys and they'd be like how was college and he'd be like a war vet like <laughs> he would just be like oh and, andy's different now <laughs> andy has and- some new interests i'll say that <laughs> andy plays real different now and i hate it <laughs> <laughs> and I have to see everything with my unblinking eyes from the shelf on which he put me. Oh, God. Oh. And then I, I think I have one last question for you, Luke. Okay. About the ending. Yeah. Would you have rather seen the toys burn to death? <laughs> um. Yes, as a form of catharsis, I feel like it would have been pretty good, actually, if they had all just gone down. What a fucking twist that would have been on Toy Story 3. If they just, and like, 
you could even like kind of pan the camera up mm-hmm. so that it like sees the ash of them like floating through the air or something like yeah. you could get real artsy at the end of it I think if we were to do this alternate ending, yeah, what we have to do is go full art house. So at the end, they're incinerated, and then we have a five-minute pan out, exactly mm-hmm. like the ending of, uh, what's that movie with uh, Westworld? Like the original Westworld, where we just have a five-minute zoom out while uh, the go. smoke rises. Yes. Oh, yes. fuck. Yes. And you just have to bask in the glow of this is how Toy Story ends. Not with mm-hmm. a bang, but with an incinerating fire. <laughs> <laughs> All the tugs, toys holding each other mm-hmm. as they fucking melt and burn, and the their ash flies into the sky and rains down on Andy's home. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you have any other <laughs> loose thoughts? <laughs> Um, no, I think that about covers it. Uh, I am excited to see uh, Potato Head uh, in an original role before Potato Head, uh, you know, came out as non-binary. That happened like a couple weeks ago. I'm very excited about yeah. that. Glad to see, uh, you know, more people coming out. That's always helpful. Uh, mm-hmm. I am sad to see that this movie didn't address that. Uh, maybe this was just too early in Potato Head's career. Uh, yeah, it, it would have been on. a great plot point. Yeah, it would have been pretty fun. Actually, you know what? I'm making a joke, but it would have been pretty fucking awesome if they had covered yes. that, uh, you know, how non-binary people exist <laughs> and are right. out there in the world. Um, yeah, that would have been a no. pretty fucking choice. But no, instead they they have Potato Head put all their like limbs and body parts on a fucking tortilla and it's horrible mm-hmm. yeah instead we get body horror so you know what yep. calling you out toy story 3 you could have had a really cool moment but instead we got fucking tortilla bod so yep. thanks for that well luke in that case um i i have this whole box of old toys that Instead of donating or giving to a child, I'm actually just going to put in a bank vault. So Mm. would you like to come with me uh, to help me out with that uh, and come with me to the Hanks Bank? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Hi, this is Truck Tuggerman with Truck Tuggerman's Tugger Trucks. And uh, folks, trucks kind of falling on hard times right now. Uh. Let me just tell you, perm did not go well for old truck, and uh, I I have been kicked out of my house, uh, and so uh, this year, please help help me, uh, truck Tuggerman, uh, down at truck Tuggerman's Tugger Trucks, uh, have have a bit better of a Pesach, um, you know it's it's Passover, and uh, could could really use some help getting the money together for a nice seder, um. You know, c- come on down to Truck Tuggerman's Tugger Trucks. Uh, may- maybe buy like a Ford F-150 or something, or uh, may- maybe make it a crew cab. That that would be pretty nice. Um, just just something so Truck Tuggerman can uh, can kind of get get some little money together. Uh, it's it's look, I'm having a real hard time. My my wife will open the door for Elijah, but not for me. And uh, I, it's just real tough. So please come on down to Truck Tuggerman's Tugger Trucks down by the down by the overpass and uh but please if you if you come early uh be kind of quiet i am sleeping there now so uh come on down to truck tuggerman's tugger trucks please help me have a good passover sam once again 
we're back in the Toy Story universe, so I feel like it's time we head on over to a bit that we like to call Into the Toyverse. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yes. So for the folks that haven't heard our uh, other two Toy Story bits, this is a bit where we dig deep into the world building of Toy Story, re-toys. What makes them tick? How do they work? Just basically everything world building adjacent in probably a level of detail that even the people at Pixar haven't done, if I'm honest. You know, here's the thing about that, Luke. Um, I have emailed Pixar twice now, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out if if they have a set of rules for the Toy Story films, and they will not respond to my emails. Mm, man, you um, hate to hear it, because we have so many good questions and so many good do. theories. We do. And I made my emails about as hinged as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't let them know how fucking dark and insane these these fucking bits have gotten. I was just asking, do they have like a sort of Toy Story Bible or rule set that they have yeah. to follow? And, uh, and they won't respond. So, folks, if you can, please pressure Pixar to respond to me. Yeah, that'd be awesome if we got the Toy Story Bible, the guide for oh, uh, how they build God. this world. Well, Sam, all of that as it is, uh, I do have a series of questions, and I understand that you also have a series of questions oh, yeah. for us to discuss. Yeah. So, Sam, why don't you break me off one of those uh, just to get things rolling? Okay. Um, I want to start simple, mm-hmm. Okay. How strong are toys? Mm. Now, this is a juicy, juicy question. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so I think it's relative to toy size because we're shown Big Baby. And Big right. Baby is capable of lifting the lid off of a sandbox and depositing other toys. So with one arm, one arm holding True. a toy and one arm lifting, they're, you know, capable of, of, uh, of doing that. But uh, you know what? As far as other evidence goes, I don't know, Sam. It seems a little inconsistent. It's very mixed mm-hmm. because sometimes Buzz can't get out of a plastic tub with two toys on top of it, and other times he very suddenly can, mm-hmm. and then also he can open a heavy hinged metal-like drop box door. Yeah, when they go to the uh, the garbage chute is what you're talking mm-hmm. about there. He can open yeah. the garbage chute. Yeah, seems a little inconsistent. So I have a way to explain this, I'm pretty sure, okay. which is that yeah. toys are strong relative to the animus, the energy that's driving them, which they derive oh. from being played with uh, by children. Oh. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Oh so that... Uh, in 1870, on February 23rd, Mississippi was readmitted to the United States, and unfortunately, <laughs> I now have to let someone into my home uh, because they just rang my doorbell. So I will be back in a moment to finish this up. Okay. But also probably a lot quieter because someone will be in my house. This I... is weird. So Luke, uh, mm-hmm. this this date, 2 1870 Mississippi is readmitted to the United States after the Civil War. Now, I have no idea what this means for Tom. But I think he might be cooking up something, or he did cook something up. Uh, okay. I, I, do you, can you think of anything that this could be connected to? Was readmitted. Readmitted to the U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. Mississippi. Hmm. 
Now, I'm thinking that there's a deep-ass Mossad plot involved here where something happened in Mississippi or that was crucial to the timeline, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that Tom is immortal. Yes. And I'm thinking that this is a part of Tom's life that we just haven't seen yet, perhaps. Uh, you know. Or, or, you know what it is? Hmm. I feel like this is just a callback to something, to a, a pre-Mossad Zionist plot that happened in Mississippi. That was critical that. to the timeline. Yeah, that has come up again and again uh, since, and we just aren't privy to it yet. That is entirely possible. I do know that we actually do have a small connection of Tom Hanks to the Civil War, and it was in Forrest Gump. Uh, he's talking about his family heritage, specifically mm-hmm. uh, his a family member of his who was in the Civil War. Oh, and it shit. is a photo of Tom Hanks in full Civil War garb. And so I wonder if maybe, God damn it, Kat, everything's going <laughs> wrong today. Um, if maybe Tom was working some kind of op in 1870, uh, Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. You think he was back there back then that long? I think so. I think he mm. was. I've, he's been cooking up stuff for, for centuries, I think. Yeah, and I like that Forrest Gump, that that plug. And see, that makes more sense. I like the idea of him being boots on the ground for whatever happened in Mississippi. Yes. Um, I just wish we knew it knew what it was. Precisely. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some kind of like raccoon-focused plot mm-hmm. uh, where he, he trained specialized raccoons to invade different uh, Confederate outposts. Um, maybe working from inside the Confederacy because I believe in Forrest Gump. It is. Oh yeah, no, he linked. he was a Confederate. <laughs> yeah, uh, Forrest was pretty proud of that. Um, you know, it's entirely possible. Yeah. And uh, and I've got one other small detail. Okay, hit me with it. So, lest you believe that Robert Langdon is not Tom Hanks and every other character that Tom play- Hanks has ever played, uh, all his alter egos. Mm-hmm. Robert Langdon wears. A Mickey Mouse watch. Oh, yeah. Hey, isn't that a callback to something else? I have absolutely no idea, but I assume it is a callback to the fact that Tom Hanks is Woody in the Mouse's own Toy mm-hmm. Story series. Yes. God, you love to see it, these Disney call-outs. Call oh, yeah. Um, even before, well, by this point, I think Disney had purchased Pixar, so this is a direct reference at this point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so there it is, folks. Uh that's uh that's Robert Langdon uh spanning the divide between science and religion as uh as an agent of both the Illuminati and God. Nice. Dude, these movies just keep on giving and giving when it comes uh, to conspiracy corner, huh? They really do. And and then uh when Big Baby does see the thing that the tag that says my heart belongs to Daisy mm-hmm. and sees Lotso crush it. The, the f- blasphemer that mm-hmm. he is big baby kills or attempts to kill Lotso. <laughs> yeah. Chucks Lotso into the garbage, which is how Lotso ends up at the dump as well. Yeah, yeah. dude. See, I think this is, that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, and much like atheists across the world don't burst into flames. You know, there are there are toys that exist that are not part of this system that are uh-huh. not actively engaging. Uh, but, you know, whether their lives are better or worse for it, you know, who can say? But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I dig this so much. OK, so I got another one for you, Sam. 
Yeah. Which is that, speaking of Big Baby, Big Baby acts exactly like a baby. What the fuck is up with that? <sighs> now this is very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke, I think it has to be, again, that, that toys to some extent buy into their own mythology mm, yes uh, their their own fiction um and so i think big baby says i'm a baby sure and so that's that's my fiction and so i must act the part yes i think that's the only way to interpret it because big baby does things that a baby could not like understanding orders and spoken language and like is acting with some agency so i guess that implies that if big baby wanted to big baby could talk normally could exist like a normal toy uh but big baby is still very much into this baby mythos uh yes which is kind of horrifying when you think about it because you're not just inhabiting like a space ranger mythos or whatever you're like limiting your cognitive abilities and reducing your ability to speak which is kind of fucked up when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real fucky. Um how how did the toys learn so much about humans? Mm. Cause they they seemed to understand what Andy going to college meant. And then as sort of a I've got sort of two sub-questions to this. Okay, okay. What is attic mode? And what happens if Andy dies? Oh, shit. Okay. I'm going to break these off one at a time. Because, one, you're referring to with attic mode, which is the thing that Woody says when they're potentially going to be put in the attic, that he needs to go into attic mode. I think this one's easy to answer. It's the same mode that we discovered through Jesse and crew in the last movie, which is sort of a fugue state where they're still remembered enough by those inhabiting the home and by Andy to be animated and to be alive, but not so full of energy uh, because they aren't actively being played with that. They sort of enter like a fugue state and just drift in and out of time. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. So this is a new angle though, because this means that they can sort of turn it on when, yeah, when it's required they can go into a hibernating state which is Uh pretty cool Um, it is as far as number two let's talk about this one so if andy dies and so this is assuming if andy dies before they've been given to a new child right right yeah okay who i don't think it's anything good is it if their god dies yeah essentially so god is dead on the throne uh andy goes off to college and something goes horribly wrong mm-hmm. and now andy is deceased um shit dude i i think they get as close to death as they can be without actually dying i think so because it's the person who played with them and so gave them life and energy mm-hmm. uh and also the person who's uh, who like keeps their memory alive? Yes, 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 yes. Which we've already established is essential for them maintaining life. Yeah, is and to so be I played think... with. And and so you know, Andy's sister and Andy's mom would remember them, but they've not played with them. So I don't know that it counts. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think it's with the same energy. It wouldn't supply them with the same energy that Andy would, right? Just by remembering them. 
So Precisely. I think we're in agreement that if Andy dies, the, the toys are still alive, but they are barely clinging on to life there. Yeah. There, I think it's like a countdown mm-hmm. where like you have 24 hours to find another human to play with you or you die. Yes. Which this all goes into one of the, the questions that I had, which is mm-hmm. does having an owner make a difference? And it sounds like yes. Right? I, I think so. I mean, there, I'll say the daycare conceptually is presented as this place where you are I mean, it's almost like toy heaven mm-hmm. where, holy shit, Luke is daycare toy heaven <laughs> because because you've served your God well mm-hmm. and then you live out in eternity where kids of the exact same age play with you forever. Forever. Yes. I think functionally, for sure, this is heaven on earth. This is as close as they can get to a toy heaven. A hundred percent. But to your question, it does seem like it does qualitatively differ from just having one owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One so here's, God. Here's my theory about this, mm-hmm. which is that having an owner and being played with and going through this cycle, eventually ending up at daycare, is sort of the prescribed life cycle, the, the sort of like mandated, ordained way to go through the life cycle of a toy if you will okay yeah so there are other toys there's like the clown that lives with uh the kid Uh uh-huh that receives all the toys like this clown has had a different life cycle they've been bucked out of the system Mm, and they're doing a different thing but for most toys this is the preordained way that things will go down so having an owner itself doesn't necessarily make a difference but it's almost like a uh it's not a commandment it's it's (laughs) it's like a mitzvah Sam. I see. So, essentially, Andy's toys have been granted a second life. Yes. A hundred percent. By their new god, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Yes, Bonnie is the child's name. Thank you. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah. I, I think that's brilliant. Um, I think I have one other question. Okay, hit me with it. And it's a big one. Alright. Uh... Do toys have, like, a cosmology or a mythology that they believe? Hmm. Interesting. So, we never get any sort of, like... I think we've already very much established that children are the deities. Yes. In their belief system, for sure. I love this, by the way, just looking at them like an anthropologist. Like, Uh what is the belief system here? Yeah, I mean, you gotta, because clearly they believe that their owners are their gods. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, do they have this, like, do they have a creation myth? Hmm. Yeah, because they talk pretty openly about their own creation. Like, they, yeah. we've already established that they're cognizant of the fact that they were purchased and that they came from a toy story, toy store. But Sam, are these, is the ideal toy one that lives within its own mythos still, like Big Baby or Buzz when Buzz is in oh. Space Ranger mode? Or is the ideal toy someone like the slotted pig, the piggy bank, uh, who is very aware of his own existence as a toy? I I think it's... I think it's gotta be... It's got, it's Luke, it has to be a toy that's, that's awakened. Yes. Uh, 
because that toy can better serve their god. Mm -hmm. And this toy has free will. So now this is a toy with agency that can choose (laughs) to exist within the cosmology. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) Yes. Because now this is a functioning rational toy that has decided to remain in the system. Uh, mm-hmm. praising the deities, worshiping the, the playtimes. Because yes. I think that's the central focus of the of their religion, if you will, is the playtime. Yes. And and how they can use that playtime to maximize the pleasure of their god. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Fuck, man. Dude. Which makes sense because then, you know, their version of heaven is one where the enjoyment of the the deity the pleasure that the deity derives is almost like pre-prescribed like of course it's going to happen that that's a given so they don't have to worry yes. about performing anymore and they can maintain well, the the playtime and i th- i think that plays into a toy's heaven and hell mm. so so if you served your god well they'll still see the value in you and they'll donate you uh, so that you go to a daycare or another god and you have a second life so it's yes. it's either so they basically either have like a heaven or they have like a reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And so you go to another God who then plays with you. And if you serve that God, well, then, you know, the cycle, the continues. cycle continues. Fuck yes, but, dude. But if you don't serve your God, well, if you mm-hmm. don't allow your God to derive pleasure, uh, from, from playing with you, uh, then they see no value in you and they throw you away. Yes. Which we have seen because <laughs> this movie starts with, Kind of a bleak aside that we don't really dig into, which is that a lot of toys are no longer with us. Yeah, like the RC car. Mm-hmm. And Bo Peep. Bo Peep fucking got chucked at some point. Yeah, Bo Peep is gone. Which is kind of horrifying. So I think that is exactly what's happening here. You're 100% on the money. Yeah. And, and frankly, when they go to the dump at the end of the movie, that fire does look a lot like hell. Mm, yeah oh it's presented that way for sure so as a final destination we're saying that the dump in the incinerator is is the bad place yeah that's toy hell yeah okay okay i think they're well they're definitely aware of this as well because they're freaking out in the beginning of the movie when they think they're going to be taken to the dump exactly yeah that's when judgment has been cast they're aware of it and they they know it's about to happen yeah dude yeah Fuck yes. They've been weighed against the feather, and they've been found wanting. Mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> After years and years of dedicated service, this is what they're going to get. Oh, exactly. man. Yes. Fuck, man. We've cracked it. Mm-hmm. God. I didn't expect to work out a toy religion today, um, but you know what? Sometimes the day takes you to interesting places, and we certainly did on this day. You know what? I bet Pixar's pretty disappointed they didn't email me back now. Yeah, right? We got all the info. Yeah. We don't fucking need you, Pixar. Mm -mm. Go fuck yourselves. Yep. Take that, Pixar slash Disney. Yeah. Well, Luke, do you you have any other thoughts? Nah, I think we've we've cracked open the Toyverse enough uh, until we hit Toy Story 4 eventually, I think. uh, Looking forward to that return to the Toyverse, but for now, I think we've done did it. All right. Well, Luke, looking forward. Uh, next week we are 
we are going to be doing another Hanks in the rear view. Uh, and so uh, we'll be looking back at the, the 2000s to 2009. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we'll be looking back at that with uh, some special guests. Really looking forward to that. Uh, so, so we have nothing to guess on this week. Ooh. Um, so instead, I'll actually uh, take this opportunity to take more of a serious note just, f- just for a moment, uh, if you'll allow it, Luke. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, here in Arkansas, uh, the state legislature and uh, the governor have been passing some uh, just really fucking horrible anti-trans laws, um, anti-trans bills. And uh, there's currently one on the governor's desk right now that would deny, uh, you know, trans care um, for anyone other under 18, uh, regardless of parent consent. So, um, you know, please take an opportunity to call the governor and uh, voice your uh, dissent uh, about that bill, encouraging him to uh, to veto it. And also be sure to contact your your state uh, legislators and let them know that uh, there are things uh, that need fixing in Arkansas and uh, oppressing trans people is not one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so maybe focus on something that Arkansans actually need. Um, and, and in that, you can also follow Intransitive Arkansas. Uh, they're, they're a good sort of organization um, advocating for uh, trans people here in Arkansas. So kind of check them out and support them however you can. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, on, uh, on a different note, I guess, uh, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Hanksy Panksy Pod. You can find us on Facebook at Hanksy Panksy. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Hanksy Panksy. And uh, you can drop us an email at hanksypanksypod at gmail.com. If you send us an email, please uh, let us know if you want us to read it on air and if we can use your name. And uh, please send us your, your theories and, and uh, all that. Also, uh, please drop us a review. Uh, that helps us out as well as sharing us with a friend. Yep. Um, so it's a it's really big help for us. And, and thank you so much for listening. Luke, do you have a final quote for us? I do indeed. This one was said by Lotso, and it is, First thing you got to know about me, I'm a hugger. God damn it. <laughs> well, Luke, du hast ein Freund in mir. Du hast ein Freund in mir. Oh, God. Wenn's draußen kalt und gefährlich ist. Okay, everybody. Und Sam has gone full German, so warmes uh, Bett vermisst. We're just gonna Vergiss back out of this one. So thanks for listening. Du nicht we'll catch bist. you next week. Du hast Bye, everybody. Du hast ein Freund in mir. Du hast ein Freund in mir. Hey, Junge.